we tend to want to work up. We want to work with those people that are already made. They've already made it. They're already successful and not working across. Like you should be working, wanting to work with the people that are next to you, sitting across from you, the people that have the same drive and want to support you just as much as you want to support them. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Reeves, and I wanted to thank you so much for joining with me and also thank you for your patience as I got this episode out the door. Um, for many of you, you probably already know I had a baby in January, and if you hear little sniffly background noises right now, that's him. He's sitting in my lap as I record this. And before I had him, it was my ambition to get you know, two episodes out in any given month, and sometimes that's possible now, and sometimes that isn't. But with that aside, I want to thank you again for tuning in. This episode is pretty powerful in my opinion. Um, it's an episode featuring a good friend of mine. Her name is Jay Hill, and Jay is a makeup artist in the Seattle area. She's also a sugaring specialist, and I actually met her because I was a client of hers, a sugaring client, and when I met her, she was just this person that I instantly knew I wanted to be friends with. She uh, was making me laugh, and I just I left my appointment going, God, I want to be friends with that woman. I want to know more about her and her life. And um, being a woman and making friends is a really challenging task. Typically, you know, you can only make like mom friends. And so Jay and I both do have kids, and our kids are friends now. Um, but that wasn't, you know, the primary reason for our friendship. It was just because, you know, we met and realized that we should be in each other's lives. So I am really excited to share her story with you today. I feel like if you hear it, you're going to feel the same way I did, which is this woman's awesome and I want to hang out with her more. Um, you know, our conversation takes a lot of different trajectories today. One of the things we talk about that I think is pretty awesome is uh, social media and the impact it can have on our mental state as women in particular and especially women in business and you know what happens when you're constantly comparing yourself to other people out there. Um, we also talk about being moms and you know the legacies we want to leave for our kids and you know just about everything in between. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jay Hill. Welcome everyone to the Finding Fearless podcast. Thank you for joining today. I have a wonderful conversation in store for you today. It is with my good friend, Jay. Jay is a budding makeup artist in the Seattle area. She also does sugaring, which is how her and I actually met each other. Funny story, but you know, you get up close and personal with somebody in that way, and then the friendship sticks, so to speak. Um, but I want to just start by welcoming Jay, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Maddie. Yeah. So, of course, I want to kick off by starting with kind of your background. I think it's a really good way to open the doors to a wider conversation. And so I'm curious, you know, as deep as you want to go, just kind of tell me what are the life events that led you to becoming the person you are today? Um, well, my, my childhood, <laughs> for starters, um, wasn't the glamorous life, silver spoon in my mouth, 
Um, it was pretty rocky. Grew up with my dad and my brother and sister. Um, my mom decided that she didn't want to be a mom. So it left my dad to raise three kids on his own, which had its challenges. And it was during a time where Boeing was doing some major layoffs and he was a part of those layoffs, which I believe as an adult, looking back on it, I think it kind of set the tone um, for the decisions in his life, which were to start doing drugs. So here he is raising three kids on his own, trying to do the best that he can. But um, growing up in that kind of environment and at a young age, around 11 or 12, I just decided that this, I knew this wasn't right. And this is, wasn't going to be, the lifestyle that I wanted to live growing up. So I think that shaped at a very early age, it shaped me to be where I am now, which is to um, be very strong willed, <laughs> very independent and um, always wanting to do my best at whatever it is, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. Cause it does apply pressure when you're trying to do your best at everything. So I pretty much would say that that is what has shaped me as my upbringing. It was a rough upbringing, which, you know, I kind of think when you hear people say that you can become a product of your environment, for me, I went the opposite. I wasn't going to allow it to shape me to the person that I knew that I was going to be as an adult and still continuing to grow to be um, as I get older. So I actually am thankful for the childhood that I had because it has definitely made me to be a very strong woman, a very strong woman um, raising two girls. So I'm thankful and I have no regrets. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say that because I have a pretty strong belief. There's kind of two people, there's two mentalities that come out of a childhood like that, right? There's somebody who is a victim of it and will kind of use a bad childhood as an excuse to perpetuate and justify them continuing that cycle or then continuing to make bad decisions. Or there's somebody like you who does the exact opposite, who's like so determined to, to be better than that and to live better than that and to raise your children better than that. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's just like you said, it's a matter of willpower that you looked at that situation and you were like, that's not, that's not who I'm going to become, basically. Yep, absolutely. And it's almost like I saw myself as a kid. I saw myself in the future and I knew that, that this wasn't going to be my life. I knew. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely use it as a ladder to go up versus to keep myself down and be a victim of my circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, having that motivation and that determination at such a young age is, is a pretty, pretty big deal. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely probably impacted your life trajectory, which, which kind of leads me to, to, I want to know more about that. So, you know, you, you came out of this childhood and then, you know, I know who you are today as a businesswoman, but what was the, the path next and what led you to make the decisions to kind of start start your career path in the way that that you've you know grown to now well well i'd have to thank my cousin um who i lived with i made the decision that i was going to move out at a very young age and i had a cousin who saw the need and they took me in and my older cousin she would do our hair in her room she's a she's a an amazing hairstylist still this day but she would do our hair. And so we would see her clients coming in and out of her bedroom and she was doing their makeup. And I knew that I liked it. But at that age, I didn't know how much I liked it until maybe my junior year in high school. And I started doing makeup on my own. 
Um, the older I got, I graduated high school, college really wasn't something that I thought about. Um, and I decided that I was going to go to beauty school. So with doing makeup, I knew that skincare went hand in hand with that, but I definitely took more of a liking to the makeup aspect of my education. However, Gary Manuel wasn't the focus, um, for makeup. So I decided um, after I graduated that I wanted to have my own business. And at the time when I was in school, I was working at Nordstrom Corporate for three and a half years, but I knew that I did not want to work for anybody else if I was going to be doing makeup. So yes, I did look into working at um, Innovata Institute. I looked at Jean Morez, but I just knew that that wasn't for me. I knew that I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't quite know how I was going to do that. So I had um, my learning leader at the time. She is the owner and operator of Lowell Salon. She offered to have her space open up to me and work on a commission-based structure. And that worked for a while, but then I thought that it was just time for me to branch out on my own. And with her assistance, she had the space available. So we moved from the commission-based structure to being my own business owner within her space and renting that space. So it's pretty much where we got to where I am as a business owner. Um, and it's a slow process, but it's been a good process. And I'm thankful for that opportunity because it's pushed me to just want to continue to grow as a business owner because I am fairly new. Um, it'll be a year in June that I have started Beauty by Jay. So it's a process, but we're, we're creeping keeping along <laughs> and you're working hard i mean every time i see you you're booking new people and you're growing like such an impressive roster of, of clients and it's it's so cool to see because you know with something like makeup like literally your work speaks for you itself and so i love following you on instagram and just kind of seeing the work you're doing so, <laughs> it's so beautiful like literally thanks that's why your brand has such a good name did you did you have so I know, because Harper is, is what, she's three going on four. Mm -hmm. And so your daughter, Alea, how old was she when you, you went through the whole beauty school process? And what was that like having a, a, a you know, a child as you kind of went through navigating, you know, this whole, whole path to, to becoming a business owner and going through schooling and things like that? So Alea was 11 um, when I started Gary Manuel and it was challenging. It was a nine month program and I had been out of school for well over 10 years. Um, so it was a struggle and I wasn't sure how I was going to do it because it was night classes because I knew that I didn't want to take away from Alea during the day with the kid drop off breakfast and all that good stuff, the mom life <laughs> routine. Um, so at night, I mean, I had a great support system. My parents were a great support for me because they kind of kept it normal for her. So I was going to school at night. It was late nights picking her up after 10. Some nights she was staying the night with my parents, which meant that they did have to do the, the school drop-offs in the mornings for me. So it was very challenging because you're feeling like you're missing out on something. But at the, you know, at the end of the day, the end result was going to impact her greatly um, long-term. And so it was challenging, but we got past the nine months. And to see her face at graduation, um, when I graduated out of Gary Manuel, she was just proud. She was proud of her mom that she did something. So as challenging as it was for those nine months, it was like, it's almost like being pregnant <laughs> as a woman. You're pregnant for nine months. You're getting ready to birth this new life. And that's exactly what it was for me. It was nine months of school. 
It was hard. It was challenging. But after the nine months, there was this great gift at the end. And that was me getting my license. (laughs) Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, like, you know, I I feel like my my other friends who've, who've taken this path, there's instant opportunity, whereas, like, you know, you go through something like, you know, college, and you may get a degree in something that's, like, very, you know, esoteric, or is, like, just not, you know, like, you get an English degree, and then you're, like, cool, so I'm really qualified to either teach English or go to more school, or, you know, what have you, and so there's not really, like, a clear path laid out in front of you. Did you, did you feel, though, like, going through this program that, that it was, you know, that end, end goal was inside and then you were able to just kind of jump right into the work you were hoping to do when you started the program? Um, no, I didn't feel like I could jump right into what I wanted to do. Cause honestly, after I graduated, I was stuck. I, because I didn't, I was in the space of, I did not want to work for someone else. And I was still working at Nordstrom at the time. So it kind of, ironically, my position at Nordstrom ended up ending and I looked at that as a blessing in disguise because it pushed me. You know, I didn't get this certificate of completion for nothing. And I wasn't going to waste my money because that loan, <laughs> I wasn't going to waste that loan, you know. So I, it pushed me to really think about what I wanted to do. What do you want to do? And that was to have my own business. So it took some months. I was licensed and I could work legally licensed, (laughs) but I wasn't, I was in a place of not knowing what I wanted to do until I lost my job at Nordstrom. And that just, again, pushed me to um, pursue my own business. Isn't that, I mean, it it always strikes me like when you look back, because you said, when I look back, it's like a blessing in disguise, but it's kind of crazy how life unfolds and you'll see these things in hindsight that are like, it was a total opportunity, right? And had you still maintained, you know, a role at Nordstrom's, you know, and that opportunity was still available, you know, it it probably was comfortable and it it would have been easy to kind of forego making those next big steps. Do you see that now and say, okay, that was, you know, that was one of the things that propelled me forward. And are there other things that you look at and you're like, okay, those were slowly pushing me towards this path? Or is it, is it kind of like it all led up to it sort of thing? I definitely think it all led up. I, I wasn't happy in the position that I was in. And um, I, I tried to move around within the company and none of it panned out. So yes, looking back on it, it truly was a blessing in disguise that none of those positions I um, applied for panned out. There wasn't really any growth in the position that I was in. The department was making changes. They were pretty much eliminating my position. So it definitely was, it was like, okay, here's your opportunity. And it just literally kicked me out of the door of Nordstrom to push me to where I am now with Beauty by Jay. Mm. And when you, when you look back now, you know, like you said, you've, you've kind of just celebrated your, your one year anniversary as being like this, you know, a solo business owner. Like what do you, you look back, what do you see? What are you most proud of that you've done so far with the business? You know, I think where I am now, um, it's just the beginning. And again, in June, it'll be a year. But the fact that I completed something that started as a thought from getting my aesthetics license, 
um, and sitting on that for a little while to, you know, working in a space, you know, on contract terms to being like, you know, forget this, get your business license, get, you know, rent this, rent this room, this extra space she has, get your business insurance. I mean, it's where I am now that I'm proud of because I don't think that I really celebrate where I am right now because I have this expectation that I should have blown up by now. Right. And it doesn't work like that. It is truly celebrating where I am right now. And in this moment as a business owner, I mean, not many people can say that they're a business owner and I can, and I mean, it's a small business right now, but the seed was planted. So I'm proud of myself for planting that seed and watering that seed. And I'm going to continue to water that seed. So I have to say that I, I am, I'm proud of myself for doing something that was really scary and can still be scary at times, but I took advantage of the opportunities that were given to me. And I am definitely proud of where I am in this moment, for sure. Mm. I, I think you should be proud of yourself. <laughs> I mean, I've watched you grow in this period of time and it's been really amazing to see you grow in your confidence and your own abilities and see your you know book of business grow and you know and it it happens it feels maybe slow at at the time you know because you're in it you're living it but as somebody on the outside I've I've seen it and it and it feels really fast to me and I know you know your potential is is so huge so it's it's really cool to like watch from the outside and um, one question I was wanting to ask you, you know, because you are a mother of two daughters and you kind of touched on it briefly, but for you, how much of, of being, you know, a mom to two girls motivates you? Like, how does that affect your drive? And did it help define, you know, the fact that you wanted to have your own business versus, you know, working for somebody else? Like how much of your, your past do you see as being influenced or inspired by your girls? Um, you mean like how it shaped me? Um, I think or like, or like, you know, like, yeah, like what drives you? Is it, is it them? Is it your own motivation in yourself? Or do you see, you know, is it important for you maybe to set an example for them? It's definitely important for me to set an example, especially, yes, Harper's three. She's kind of whatever at this point. <laughs> but for my daughter, the 16-year-old, I think for her, it is so important that she sees, because she's, she's a sophomore in high school, you know, she's not quite sure what she wants to do yet. But I think for her, it is very important for me that she sees even the challenges, even, you know, me complaining about why I'm not here or how come this or whatever, not being booked and whatnot, but I'm still standing. So I think I, for me, I want her to see the struggles, but I also know that she sees the triumph in it from when I make postings or today, for example, I was telling her about the women um, of the Jack and Jill of America, their Seattle chapter, the women I had last night, my cli five clients, and seeing those pictures and talking to her about that. And I mean, it's the excitement that she sees. It's the excitement that she's like, oh, my mom really does like this. Like, this is her, this is her, this is her jam. This is her shit. Excuse my language, but this is her shit. So I want her to see that passion and drive and to never, for her, to never give up on whatever her passion and drive is, whatever it is that pushes her. I never want her 
to lose sight of that regardless of the challenges or lack of support. I never want her to lose sight of that. So it is very important for me to set the standard and the example of how dope she can be as a woman. That for me is so, that's really huge for me to hear that because I look back at my life and one of the only reasons I think I have kind of the, the willpower to go after things in the way I do is watching my mom run her own business. And it like at the time, you know, I was, you know, a kid or a surly teenager, you know, and I, it was just w always what my mom did, but it was the fact that, um, that was what my mom did that made it a reality for me. And I've never questioned that if I wanted to go out and have my own company, that that was something I could do. Cause I just grew up with a mom who was doing that. And it wasn't until I got older and in high school and saw, you know, that a lot of my friends grew up in a way where their moms wouldn't work or, or didn't, you know, didn't have to work that like, I was like, whoa, that's really different. But I think that shapes the level of confidence in your child to see a mom who's so passionate about the work she does. Mm -hmm. For sure. So another question I wanted to ask you is in terms of kind of your long-term business goals, you kind of hinted, you know, you're, you've always wanted to get to the next step, but what are those long-term goals or visions and what do you, how do you hope to get there? So if I can be honest, um, because I am an anxious person, <laughs> I try not to focus on the long term um, because I do tend to overthink. I overanalyze and then that's when the anxiety kicks in. Um, I mean, if I can just say kind of in short, I, I do see myself owning my own building um, to rent out to others who are trying to build their business just like I am. So if I can just say that for now, I'm more focused on the short term um, because my business is so new. And um, I have goals to run my business out of another space um, and build and grow from there. Because I do believe that with that um, small step, it's going to lead me into a bigger clientele, being more booked. And of course, with that means more income, which is going to align me with my long-term goals because of that support, the funds, the clients, um, and the having that foundation. So I, I don't like to think too far ahead because I'm trying to focus on the here and now and not drive myself that shit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just living in the moment rather than being 30 feet ahead. I like Definitely. it. <laughs> it's good. That's why you ground me. It's because like, I swear I joke. I'm like, the only reason I'm in business development is because my head is always three years in the future anyways. Like that's just how my brain works. And no, it's not fun. You don't want to live like that. <laughs> but, it, but yeah, yeah. I know me. It's not good for me or my kids to have me all anxious and crazy. So yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel you. So, so if you could go back in time, you know, and, and go to Jay, maybe it's Jay right when she was starting you know, your, your beauty program, or maybe it was, you know, even before that, if you could go back in time and give yourself maybe one piece of life advice and then one piece of business advice, what would that be? What would that look like? Oh my goodness. Um, I'll start with business advice. Take a damn business course. If it's something that you are wanting to, um, branch out in, um, and owning your own business. I, I definitely think I 
thinking about starting my own business, I think that I should have looked into taking some business courses before. Um, I'm definitely a hands-on person though. So I, I learn as I go. That's how I learn. Um, but I, you know, I definitely think that taking a business class, um, I would have done prior to starting my business just so I can educate myself. Cause someone actually told me that once you stop learning, you stop growing, you should never stop learning. So I definitely need to look into that even now, a business class. I mean, sure. Why not? Um, but I think one of the biggest things for me growing up, I was never taught the importance of savings and a budget. So if that is anything that I could, you know, tell anyone is to definitely learn the importance of a savings account and budgeting. Um, and that is something I'm definitely instilling in my girls now because <laughs> I'll give a funny story. Um, I was working, I don't even remember where I was working at the time, but I was having my checks split from savings to checking. And um, so half of going to checking, half of going to, to savings, but I wasn't really aware of how it really worked. I mean, truly, I was like 17, young and not that smart. And I remember getting like my statement or something and I had like $1,000 in my savings account. I, I, I mean, I was just blown away by that. And of course I went and blew that immediately just not knowing like oh I got this money here but not knowing that should have been money that I should have been saving for a rainy day not for some Tommy Hilfiger overalls because I do remember buying a pair with that money so I think the importance is is um what I should have learned and wish I would have learned then is um the importance of savings and budgeting your money for sure my little piece of advice. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say that because there, there were two things that totally jumped out at me. One is I like did that exact same thing. I, uh, I remember I had basically my dad had this rule growing up where we had to always put away 50% of any money we got as like a gift. So like if grandma and grandpa gave you birthday money, like 50% of that money had to go away. And so over time, you know, those like, you know, $25 here, $50 here started to, you know, add up. And then I got to college and I was 18 and I could, you know, access directly the savings account that it had been put in. And it was like maybe, you know, over the whole entire course of time, like $1,800. But I was like, I'm, I'm rich. And I like, I, I don't even remember what I spent it on, but like same thing. And then it was gone. It was gone so quickly. Right. And I was like, Whoa, I saved that my whole life, you know, and now it's, <laughs> now it's gone. Right. And then the, the other thing you said though, the, that point about, you know, learning, like that's my big thing. I was just talking the other day with James about it, but it's like, I don't care necessarily that my kids go to college. I don't even know if that model is truthfully like working for everybody anymore. Right. But I do care that my kids are always passionate enough to want to keep learning because I feel like the people who aren't successful in life, like I call them like drip people or like, you know, people who are just like, you know, just taking up space. It's because they don't have within them that passion or desire to learn mm -hmm. and grow. And because of that, it doesn't matter to them that they're not really doing anything with their life. And that's what I want for my kids is always to have that, that drive and that fire to keep keep learning because that's right. when they'll keep growing in life. Right. And that's so important. Very true. So 
what fears do you feel like you had to overcome when it came to starting your own business and which ones are you still kind of battling with? Do you feel like, um, transparent moments, um, confidence and not comparing myself to others in the same industry. I don't know. It could just be me, but I feel like the beauty industry has blown the hell up. I feel like everyone wants to be a makeup artist and that's a beautiful thing. It, it is. I support it. I love it. Um, I was doing makeup mm, back in 2008 ish off and on. And it's definitely changed. It's going to continue to change the beauty industry, the trends and whatnot. And I think social media can make it very hard um, not to compare yourself to others um, and especially to others that are local. And um, I think that that is one of the biggest things um, that I need to overcome is being confident. I can lack confidence sometimes. Um, so I struggle with that. It's, you know, I think it comes and goes. It comes and goes in waves, to be honest. There's sometimes where I'm feeling like, oh shit, I'm the top of the world. I got this. I can do this. But then you see a post, you know, of some YouTube influencer and you're like, do you actually really do makeup or are you just doing makeup on yourself? Do you really know? You know, so you can kind of, you start to doubt yourself because you're, why, why am I not here? You know, and it's not even about followers. I think it's just a success as aspect for me. Um, so I do tend to beat myself up with the confidence stuff, but um, I think that's just the everyday um, struggle. I'll overcome that at some point. Um, but the comparing myself to others is um, probably um, something I am ready to shake because there's no one like me. We are all different in this industry. What one makeup artist may do, I may do differently and vice versa. And I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to be a makeup artist. Your craft is your craft. My craft is my craft. So, um, I, you know what, now that I'm saying this out loud, I am, I feel like I'm overcoming that. It is, it has its challenges. It has its days, but I definitely think that I'm overcoming it though. Now that I'm saying this out loud, this is all just kind of weird doing this interview thing and talking about yourself. But, um, I do think that I'm overcoming it. And I also, what I've done is to overcome that is to block certain influencers on social media because they can drag you down. They truly, it truly can put you in a state of kind of feeling depressed almost. So I have done, you know, yes, I have taken the steps to overcome the comparison um, and the comp lacking the confidence is by unfollowing people on social media for sure, or blocking them. Cause if you don't follow them, you can still see their feeds on your search um, screen on Instagram or Facebook. So if I see something, I will definitely block it just so I don't take myself back down that hole of self-doubt, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was literally just talking about the same thing the other day with James because it really frustrated me because obviously, you know, I had, you know, a baby recently mm -hmm. and I, you know, in my previous life was kind of like fitness oriented and I would follow all these moms on Instagram that were like, you know, hashtag fit mom sort of situations. Or during my pregnancy, I was following other pregnant women who were kind of like fitness oriented too, and it happened to be pregnant at the time. And then 
now we've all had our babies and there was a mom that I followed and she was, she posted a photo and it was like literally a week after she'd had her baby. It was like hashtag one week postpartum. And she had the flattest fucking tummy. And like, I was like, I had a jellyfish stomach. Like who is this person? (laughs) And the thing was, and I was like, there's something weird about her belly button. And then it was like two posts later that she said something about, oh, like just really like you had to look at the comments, blah, 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 my tummy tuck. And I like, I wanted to go off on this lady. Like, I don't even know her, but I wanted to go (laughs) off in the comments to be like, you're potentially harming somebody. I know that myself, like, you know, my mental state is, is a little messed up by seeing somebody, you know, hashtag one week postpartum with like abs like that's that's messed up in my opinion and so for me I was like you're 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 portraying a false reality and if I hadn't read the the you know your whole long you know description you know of your post or anything in the details I would have thought that that was something you achieved naturally and felt bad about myself when in reality like you Mm -hmm. had a tummy tuck and like I don't even care that you had a tummy tuck like do you whatever but don't portray a false reality and, and have it affect other people. And so in the end, I was like, like I said, I wanted to go off in the comments. And then I was like, no, like I'm the one who's choosing to follow this person. And so I've done the same mm-hmm. thing. I'm now in social media. It's like, you think that that stuff doesn't affect you, but really if you spend time on it, it's going to be, you know, part of your, your reality. And so I, I'm making a point to like unfollow anybody who I feel like like my rule for Facebook was like, if I wouldn't actually get a coffee with you in person, like you're not my friend. <laughs> like we're not friends. Like just cause Facebook says so. Like if I wouldn't right. actually sit down and have a conversation with you, like you're not my friend. And like with Instagram, I'm like, you know, unless it's like promoting like, you know, happiness or it's like bringing me joy. Like why am I following and letting that person into my, my world? Right. Even if it feels like, like I'm not, it is subconscious. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So true. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and it's, it's funny too. Like when, when I was talking about it with James, he said something that I really appreciated. He said, he's like, there's too many people. What did he say? It's like, there's too many people showing off and not enough people supporting each other was what he right. said. Right. And it's uh, so true. It's so, it is not enough of the support. It's, it's almost like you, it is this Ugh, false sense of success. You don't see the, 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 the struggle, right? It's yeah. this, Oh, it's great. I'm YouTube famous. I'm Instagram famous. And I love that, that you, you know, if they're not, if it's not somebody that I want to sit down and have coffee with yeah, we're not friends. We're not. Yeah. And, and making sure that you eliminate, you know, people in real life or on social media that are not healthy for where you're trying to go in your business life, even your personal Mm -hmm. life, but your business Mm -hmm. life. If it's somebody that's going to bring you down, whether it's again, social media or in your personal life, it's, yeah, it's that, that unfollow that block for sure, because it's draining. It can mentally take a toll on you and it's not even worth it at the end of the day. (laughs) Well, at the the end, like you said, you know, if you, maintain that energy for yourself like one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was like just stay in your lane like it's so Mm -hmm. easy to look around these days because we're more exposed to people than ever and compare yourself to somebody else but just stay in your lane because that's your lane like there's nobody else like Mm -hmm. you like you said there's nobody else who can do the work you can do you know like and so if you just focus on staying in your lane like that's that's where all your potential lives 
Right. It's, it, it's so true. Someone had said to me a couple of years ago, God, it's so crazy. Cause I mean, again, it makes me think of the question you asked about, you know, what are you most proud of starting my beauty page? If I can backpedal was one of those things that I'd like to add to that list because I did not want to do it. I didn't. And there was a woman who they, I mean, she encouraged me. There's a group of women that encouraged me start, start your beauty page. And I didn't want to because you open yourself up to criticism and I didn't want to, I didn't want that, but you know what? It is what it is. And I did that. But one of the things that she said to me was, um, it's about how you make people feel. And she could speak for her own personal experience you know, from me doing her makeup and how I made her feel after her experience with me. And that has stuck with me. And so I think about that with each encounter, whether it's makeup or my sugaring clients, how they feel after they leave a service with me means so much to me. So it is about having those people too that are <laughs> giving you that good advice, whether it's on social media or in, or in real life. So... Yeah. And I think the thing is like we live kind of in an era where it's kind of content overload. Like there's too many people, there's too much like news and stories coming at us on any given day. And so I think that like for your self care, it's so important to kind of mm -hmm. curate the people who you're, you know, you're coming in contact with so that you're, you are with the right people who are raising you up and, and kind of almost like holding that that higher vision of yourself, like before you even see it, they see it sort of mm -hmm. thing. And that's so important to me and everyone I know who is, you know, successful, every woman I talk to on this podcast, she has some counsel, you know, be it one, three, five, ten women who are like that in her life who will hold that best potential of them up so that they can see it. Like maybe those people mm -hmm. saw it before they even saw it themselves. Right. Oh, it's so important. It's, it's crucial. It's crucial. So one of my, my last questions for you is, is, you know, obviously you are a woman of color and you're raising, you know, daughters of color. And I wanted to, to see if you'd be willing to speak a little bit about that experience and what it means to you to be a part of that community, setting a, an example as a black business owner. And, you know, what are the hurdles or challenges that you face that you feel are different than other women, maybe because of, of you know, circumstance or prejudice or things like that? Because obviously, you know, we're living in high times when it comes to issues of race and inequality. And so I wondered mm -hmm. if there's any experiences that, that, you know, you wanted to speak to on that level. Um, I, so I haven't had the experiences of being discriminated against just yet, because I'm sure it could happen. But what I will say is, um, is that I think that there's a perception that I may not be educated enough to own my own business. How could she own her own business? Or I may not be good enough because I am a woman of color. Like, how does she know how to do this? You know, um, so there's that piece. Um, I think, you know, I wonder, you know, if if that's what other people are thinking about me when they see beauty by Jay, they may go to my page and they see predominantly black women on my page. So I must not know how to do um, a white woman's face. Makeup is makeup and foundation is color matching. You can do anyone's face, whether they're black, white, pink, purple, who gives a shit. So I do think that um, maybe sometimes I wonder if that's why I don't get a lot of clients that are, um, white, maybe, you know, maybe they think that I don't know how to do 
a white woman's makeup, you know? So there's that. I think about things like that. I haven't experienced it, but um, those are things that I think about. I think also too, um, and I, and again, I have not experienced this, but when I am ready to do so, I wonder if I'm going to face and have the challenges of financing with banks. I mean, it's not a goddamn secret. I mean, you know, not many banks will finance black businesses in general. And then me being a woman, that's even an extra hurdle. So I think about those kinds of things um, as my business grows and it can be intimidating. It can make me not want, you know, like I said, I, I see myself owning my own building and to have this business where others could, you know, work out of my building. Right. But how am I going to get that money if banks are not even willing to work with me because a I'm black B because I'm, you know, a woman. So, um, I think about that. Um, I think one of the biggest, biggest things for me personally, um, because I'm not there with the bank yet. I, I can't say I've experienced, oh, she can't work with a white woman. She doesn't want to do white makeup, whatever. I mean, I have not experienced that because I do think that I have a good range of, um, women that I've, you know, whether they're black or white, I've worked, you know, done makeup for, but I think in this beauty industry, because it is growing rapidly. Um, I think that we can tend to think that the industry is oversaturated in our own community, you know, being a woman of color. And I think sometimes we feel like we're in competition with one another. So we may not lift one another up. We don't support one another because you're, you're feeling this competition. I don't want her to take my business or, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of that. Um, I can only speak for myself that I personally, I don't operate that way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the type that wants to dim your light, you know, so I can shine. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Issa Rae, but I love her. She's on my vision board. Um, and for your uh, listeners, um, she created a YouTube series called Awkward Black Girl, but now, um, she's the creator and director and one of the actresses on her show, the HBO series Insecure. Um, but, um, she had a video a while back and I'm paraphrasing, but I think she said it best. Um, and she was saying, you know, we tend to want to work up. We want to work with those people that are already made. They've already made it. They're already successful and not working across. Like you should be working, wanting to work with the people that are next to you, sitting across from you, the people that have the same drive and want to support you just as much as you want to support them. That is some of the, the biggest challenge, I think, um, as a woman of color is in, in our own community, we tend to not want to support one another, which is shitty. I don't know why it's that way other than the competitiveness. But, um, I think at the end of the day, you help me, I help you. It just, it works. That's how it works. And I wish there were more people like that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a concept I I talked about a lot, but it's something I'm so passionate about is the idea of peer to peer mentorship. Because I think in the past there was this thought process that, you know, people should go out and find mentors. You should go out and find some woman who has, you know, 20, 30 years of experience and she'll be able to kind of, you know, even if she's not intentionally doing so, she'll talk down to you about, you know, all the things she's learned along the way. And in reality, like the world is changing so rapidly right now that I've found, you know, those older mentors, although they may mean well, their advice might not be relevant for our time and how quickly things are changing. Whereas to go to another woman and say, are you having the same experience too? How did you deal with that? What, you know, did you do to improve the situation or what have you like that 
has changed my life. And it's not about somebody who's already been there. It's about the people who, like you said, are, are horizontal. They're, they're still doing the work right now. And so it's super relevant because we're kind of in it together. And that for me, like makes dealing with, you know, whatever it is, you know, sexism or, or, you know, feeling like somebody doesn't believe in my abilities because of my age or things like that. Like right. I, I feel so much more confident because I see other women alongside me and I connect with them so that we can, we can navigate it together rather than having to do it on our own or wait for some like wise, wise old woman to come along out of the woodwork <laughs> right. and, and tell us all how it's done. You know, right. It's, it's important though. It's important. And that net, that network is, can be hard to find, especially in a city like Seattle, you know, it, t- mm-hmm. it takes time. Yeah, for sure. Well, my, my final question for you is my most important question because I want people <laughs> to go out and find you in the world and connect with you. So where could somebody find you if they were interested in just keeping up with you, checking out your beautiful Instagram page, things like that. So tell me all the great places to find and follow you. Well, you can find me on Facebook. Of course. Um, I have a beauty page, beauty by J on Instagram. It is beauty underscore by underscore J. Um, you can check me out on my website, check out my work, um, at www.beautybyj.com or you can email me at jbeauty413 and I have to pause on this 413 because the 413 stems from the Bible verse Philippians 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So my email address is jbeauty413 at gmail.com. I love that. Well, I'll make sure to put all that. <laughs> I'm going to put all that in the show notes so like everyone knows where to find you. Um, but otherwise, I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate your friendship and I'm so inspired by the work you do. Thank you so much. And I'm equally as inspired by you. Thanks for interviewing me. Absolutely. So there you have it, the latest episode of the Finding Fearless podcast featuring Jay Hill. I want to thank Jay again for sharing her story with me. It was pretty powerful to listen to, and I just really appreciated all she had to offer. I have noticed as I do more and more of these interviews, there's this little influx point It happens where it goes from me just asking people questions to people really opening up and sharing a little bit of their soul and a little bit of their wisdom. And those are the moments that I love because I think that there's something so universal in our lived experiences as women. And even if not every single listener, you know, grabs onto every little piece of a story and feels like it's true to them, there's someone out there that it matters to and that it's meaningful to. And so I think that as women hear themselves talk, and I heard Jay do this in this interview, they realize what they've accomplished and they realize what they're capable of and they realize what they've overcome. And that to me is the most powerful thing. And so I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time to listen in and honor the stories of other women. And I am so excited to share even more with you. We've got a few more up and coming. And if you want to share your story, please reach out to me. But otherwise, until next time, thank you for listening and I hope you're well.